back again, episode 47 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. Coming at you from Austin, Texas. Gotta give a shout out to all the listeners in the Philippines. Teddy is still hanging tough. Inexplicably ranked number 124, up two spots. So shout out to everyone in Quezon City, Manila, Davao City, and Zaboanga City. I hope I nailed those four correctly. This is gonna be the most fact-filled, jam-packed blockbuster Teddy Roosevelt Show in history. I really can't believe this substack that I wrote hasn't been 10 times bigger than the Sam Bankman Freud, Fraud, Freed, you name it, and his mom, Barbara Freed. That was that was the biggest one of 2022. But this one, we've got some major questions. We got a ton to go into. Um, we're going to go into the make sunsets a little deeper, but we're just going to, we've got World War Three cooking up. But the main questions I just brought up in yesterday's part three on teddybroosevelt.substack.com. All the links for everything I talk about make sunsets and geoengineering were either uh Part 14 and 15, the geoengineering blockbuster that I co-hosted with special guest Blue Canaries, and then the three-parter that that I've released over the past five days. So Time Magazine had a story on Wednesday about Make Sunsets that confirmed a lot of my suspicions and raised some super huge questions. I mean, major questions. How many Americans right now are aware that the United States knows that people are flying balloons with a chemical payload of sulfur dioxide with the intention of creating dust clouds to block the sun's rays, reflect them back into space. So that is happening with the knowledge of the U.S. government because the Time magazine says both the Federal Aviation Administration was on the phone with Luke Eisman On the morning of February 12th, they have a date, time, and a place in Nevada. So these jabronis, Luke Eisman and Andrew Song, I could do a special podcast on just how fraudulent these just climate cartel criminal money hustlers are. Here's the deal. The the whole COVID playbook saying the science is settled, follow the science, they're using the exact same thing with the climate. Just like there's, you know... Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, Pierre Corey, all these people who were banned from social media and just from the public square for COVID, there is the an enormous number of people who said there's no climate emergency, who've won Nobel Prizes, um, you know, the founder of Greenpeace left. Greenpeace that he founded saying you guys are batshit crazy right now there's a ton of there's a huge environmental battle with the climate freaks saying oh we have to build these offshore wind turbines and the people who care about marine life saying dude there's dolphins whales you know it's the opposite of the canary in the coal mine it's the whale in the ocean so if Freeman Dyson Nobel Prize winning physicist says there's no climate emergency Ivar Glaver Nobel Prize winning physicist. I'm going to put a huge list of people. So when they say the science is settled and unanimous, no, they're just looking at that. That came from a 2013 study where they're like, oh, well, out of all the studies about the climate in scientific journals, 97% of them reach the conclusion that the reach the conclusion that the climate is changing. Let's all agree with this right off the bat. The climate is always changing. 
I keep saying we're going to get into these four questions. Here's the four urgent questions. Why did the FAA and Luke Eisman have a phone call on February 12th? What was the purpose of that? So they they knew that he was flying balloons. And keep in mind, this is in the post. This is the week after everyone is freaked out about these three mysterious objects. Not the Chinese spy balloon, the other three that got shot over Yukon and Lake Huron. I forgot where the third one was. Biden said they're never going to identify them. They might never recover them, but they're probably research balloons or scientific uh, balloons. That fits the category of this. I think it's the biggest cover-up right now. There hasn't been a debate about solar geoengineering, whether it's good or bad. It's awful. These people, when you read the Time magazine, it will make your blood boil because they're just cooking up payloads of sulfur dioxide to put in these helium balloons. They have no background in science, no background in anything except failing, you know, doing stuff illegally, read part three, teddybroosevelt.substack.com about this clown Luke Eisman. Look at his bedroom, dude. Look at his bedroom. I mean, if we got a house my sophomore year of college somewhere and you walked in and that's how the guy finished decorating his room, you'd just be like, dude, are you serious with a blue and orange Broncos on crack? Look in this nappy I don't even think he had a mattress. He's probably one of those, oh, I sleep on a board. It's better for my back. So the FBI knew. Why did the FBI directorate weapons of mass destruction call and leave a voicemail with Luke Eisman, the Make Sunsets founder, on the 10th? So this dude's got the FBI calling him on the 10th, the FAA calling him on the 12th. Three freaking objects. Oh, and keep in mind, they're just appointed... Aradi Prabhakar, the worst name in the history of Teddy Roosevelt's substack. I like to call her Atari, but this Aradi Prabhakar is like even more climate cult cartel lunatic out of her mind crazy than these two jabronis. And Biden appointed her without any pushback any coverage, nothing. Appointed her as the director of Office of Science and Technology and gave her the title of the number one science advisor. So if you go to parts one and two on teddybroosevelt.substack.com, that's the most I've ever hyped the domain name in the first 10 minutes of the show. All the details on all this, and you read about her, Arati Prabhakar, her nonprofit that she was the CEO and the founder of Actuate, they propose radical immediate action right now. Exactly this type of stuff that makes Sunsets do it was doing and the FAA knew about it and they called his ass and the FBI knew about it and they called his ass. That means the White House knew. I mean if the federal government knows Is the White House aware that this rogue solar geoengineering firm just launched three weather balloons from the state of Nevada with chemical payloads of sulfur dioxide with the tension of, you know, creating chemical dust clouds that bounce solar rays back into space? This was a freaking tinfoil hat teddy conspiracy theory. Oh, Bill Gates wants to shoot dust into the into the atmosphere to reflect the sun's rays. Dude, it just happened. In Time Magazine, they have the place, the time, the photos of them, as far as I'm concerned, committing a crime against humanity. From plants, first of all, UV rays for plants, we're not doing shit without plants. I mean, oxygen is pretty essential for life. 
And plants are pretty essential for food, from us eating them, to cows eating them, to chicken feed, you name it. We need plants or this whole thing collapses. This whole thing's going down. You think it's going to go down without oil. Imagine this bitch without plants. It's got to be awful for the plants. Oh, by the way, acid rain. When I was growing up, acid rain, that was like the worst thing. Save the whales, right? Number one in the 70s, save the whales. And then acid rain was like the 80s. Now, the left, the people who supposedly care about the environment when they hardly ever spend any time outside, unless they're trying to collect $10 a, uh, you know, a cooling credit. The main thing, and we'll get into it more later, the FAA, the FBI, they all, they, in the White House, they all knew about this. The FBI failed to even ask Eisman what the balloons are for and why Eisman was flying them. That is either one of two things, a diversity, equity, inclusion hire who just failed to do the basic tasks of their job. Same with the F- FBI. But the FAA, this is total failure. This is probably a mayor Pete appointee. Or B, they are on their side and they want them. It's a don't ask, don't tell. Oh, you're flying balloons to reflect the sun up in the up in the sky. So even back in July, when we did the first two geoengineering episodes, there was skepticism. I could hear people, oh, I don't know, Teddy, geoengineering. Dude, it is happening now. Right now in Nevada, Time Magazine exclusive. Doing all kinds of illegal shit. They have a they have a track record of doing illegal stuff. Again, Mexico kicked them out. They launched they launched balloons. They're already doing this. There should be an international discussion. It's been going on for a hundred years. Here in the United States, every major ski resort, you know, west of the Mississippi, they all run planes shooting and seeding the clouds. Uh China, I mean, they are on an ambitious geoengineering path they, they they're going to be geoengineering the entire country so it causes an insane number of ramifications um let, let me get into uh, the thirty thousand foot view of this climate thing because you just realize it is the greatest scam hoax perpetuated of all time and it is the covid playbook the earth's climate is always changing the earth's either getting cooler or warmer it never stays the same. I want to ask you, I'm going to give you a, 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 do an analogy and give you a little gardening, homesteading tip of the podcast. Two years ago, I was up in Arkansas and we were getting ready to germinate some seeds. A couple of homesteader tips. When you look at the cost savings from a 99 cent or $1.29 cent pack of seeds where you get 50 to 100 seeds in there compared to buying a you know a sprout that's 250 to five bucks you want to go ahead and buy yourself like a little plastic um greenhouse you can get them for like seven bucks with a 24 peats in there and then you order extra peats but now's a great time end of february to get the seedlings going we only bought a heating mat for one and we put the heating mat underneath the far left uh, container of seeds. And it was amazing how much uh, more they propagated and how their little tiny, you know, stems and leaves were significantly bigger. I would say 30 to 40%. And just getting a plant that start, that head start in life, well, those were the hardiest plants to to transfer into the soil. You know, they just, they just grew before we planted them. They were just healthy and happy. So when they talk about climate change, 
Um, Keep this in mind. We have barely even scratched the surface of the highest and lowest places on our planet. I'm talking about the bottom of the ocean. I'm talking about the top of Mount Everest. I'm talking about drilling into the middle of the earth. Do you know the the deepest hole that was ever dug is called the Kola Super Deep Borehole. So the Soviets had a plan, a scientific plan. Hey, we're going to try and drill as deep as possible into the Earth's crust. It took them, they started it May 1970. It is still the deepest human-made hole on Earth as of 2023. They drilled a 9-inch diameter borehole. Dude, it took them 20 years to drill 7.6 miles, 40,318 feet. That's the furthest that we've dug into the earth. The deepest part of the ocean? Only three people have ever got there, and two of them I'm very skeptical of. So the deepest part of the oceans in the Pacific Ocean, I told you this was going to be the most fact-filled Teddy episode ever, somewhere between the uh, Guam and the Philippines, okay? There's the Marinas Trench. The very bottom is called the Challenger Deep, 35,814 feet below sea level. Deepest point on Earth. Only three people have ever made it down there. The first two, this is sketchy. It's like going to the moon and then we just lost all the footage and the instructions and we haven't been back. There's a Navy lieutenant, a submariner, and explorer Jacques Picard. So they made the five-hour, 6.78-mile odyssey to the world's deepest known point, January 23rd, 1960. The only other person to do it? Check this trivia question out. Only other person to go down? Freaking James Cameron. That's right, the director of Titanic and Avatar. I think it's now the fourth way of the water. I got to probably see it in 3D. I just don't like giving Hollywood money. So James Cameron had a special sea vessel, submarine, built. So he went down there, that arrogant son of a bitch. But here's how crazy it is. Only three people went down there. These dudes claimed they went down in January 1960. I mean, come on. It's just those two. They had no cameras. And, and oh, by the way, when they got down there, they might have had cameras, but it was all dusty. They said so. it was just the dust from the sediment at the bottom because no one had ever been down there, I guess. It was very dusty. The pressure per square inch... That is like having 2,365 pounds of pressure sitting on your fingernail. 2,365. So 10 college football linebackers, one guy standing on your finger t- fingernail on one leg, and then he's got a dude on his shoulders like they're playing chicken in the swimming pool, and then there's eight other dudes on top of them all stepping on your fingernail. That's how much pressure is in the bottom of the ocean. The reason why I'm saying that is because, and the seed story. But Teddy, how is this all located? These climate cult jabronis, we have no idea how the middle of our own planet even works. You know, they're just looking up at the atmosphere when they're not looking at their screens. A, they're atheists. They have no idea the marvel of the creator. You think the sun, the stars, and the moon, and how how the sun's just the perfect proximity to just provide life and not burn anything or we don't freeze that's just all random coincidence some of the most famous scientists that ever existed sir isaac newton once said gravity explains the motions of the planets but it cannot explain who sets the planets in motion louis pasteur 
says, the more I study nature, the more I stand amazed at the work of the creator. Science brings men nearer to God. Another Isaac Newton. Atheism is so senseless. When I look at the solar system, I see the earth at the right distance from the sun to receive the proper amounts of light and heat. This did not happen by chance. Just considering the Earth's magnetic field. 200 years ago, there's a, a lot of people thought Earth was hollow. And we could dig down there and live down there. There's hobbits and dwarves and shit down there playing, you know, bowling. But when you just consider the Earth's magnetic field, also known as the geomagnetic field, everything from the center of the Earth, you know, they're saying is a magnet. Extending from the Earth's interior out into space where it interacts with the solar wind, a stream of charged particles emanating from the sun. The magnetic field is generated by electric currents due to the motion of convection currents of a mixture of molten iron and nickel in the Earth's outer core. Keep in mind, only three people have gotten to the deepest part of the ocean. The deepest hole ever, ever drilled. Russia tried to go as deep as possible. Seven and a half miles. 7.6 miles. Once you start getting to a certain depth, the, the, the rock and everything just becomes more like metal. And that's what you realize. Like, you know, we live on the, on the solid outer layer, the, you know, the crust. Then there's the mantle underneath that. So that's hot magma. You know, there's rocks and minerals in there. That's the crust that creates volcanoes and earthquakes. I mean, those are the two things that can totally switch up the world super quick. Quick Earthquake and then volcano literally goes around the world. Dude, a volcano? I mean, we're talking about climate change. There's no way that you can quantify the impact of the core of the earth. The, you know, the, the, we're going to get into the temperatures of the molten, the molten lava. But this is still the outer crust. We're still, we're still way out close to, close to the surface, okay, um, where, where earthquakes and, and, and volcanoes happened. When Krakatoa happened, August 26th and 27th, 1883, it was only 150 years ago. Huge, massive explosions. Okay, so the eruption... The eruption was the equivalent of 200 megatons of TNT. That's 13,000 times, 13,000 times the nuclear bomb that uh, the little boy that they dropped on Hiroshima during World War II. By they, I mean us, the United States. 13,000 times the TNT, the nuclear yield, was from a volcano. 13,000 times the nuclear bomb. The explosions were so violent, they were heard literally 3,000 miles away. It went around the world, the pressure wave, okay, from the third and most violent explosion, there was four super huge ones. It was recorded on barographs literally around the world. Several barographs recorded the wave seven times over five days. So imagine this thing. Boom! Bam! Oh, and to give you an idea of the sound, anyone within 10 miles would have gone deaf if they didn't die. There were, a year after the eruption, there was human skeletons floating across the Indian Ocean on rafts of pumice, of volcanic pumice, and the skeletons and the pumice were washing off, um, washing up on the east coast of Africa a year afterwards, dude. A year afterwards, the ash was 50 miles in the air. 260,000 feet. 50 miles with the pressure waves of... Bam! 13,000 times Hiroshima coming out 
of the earth. You could hear the explosion 3,000 miles away. Imagine if a volcano went off in Seattle and there's a couple, you know, Mount Rainier's an active volcano. It, it could happen again. But when that goes off, imagine if Mount St. Helens blew up, you could hear the explosion in North Carolina on the, you know, Myrtle Beach. You could hear it. Ba Bam! Imagine hearing that in the distance. And the pressure wave. It went around the world three and a half times. With a 50-mile ash. Temperatures in the entire northern hemisphere fell by 0.7 degrees Fahrenheit in a year. So they're talking like, oh my god, if this... You know, if the weather goes up, one, you know, one more degree or two degrees Celsius, we're dead. Dude, this volcano just dropped at almost one degree Fahrenheit, 0.5 Celsius by itself. That's just from the mantle where the tectonic activity is, the volcanic eruptions and earthquakes. So that's scary and super mysterious alone. But then underneath the mantle is the Earth's core, the deepest, hottest layer. Gee, I wonder if this thing impacts climate change. How the fuck are we going to mess with this thing when we can't even drill more than, you know, we could, we haven't even been able to drill eight miles into the ground, and it, it took Russia 30 years, and they just gave up. It was impossible, you know? They would keep be drilling right now. They had to abandon the project because it just couldn't go any farther. So we can't even drill eight miles deep. The outer core is 1,400 miles thick. We're in the crust. We can't even get past the crust, much less the mantle. So the Earth's core is the outer core which is the mantle, and then the inner core, which is a ball-shaped layer made almost entirely of metal. Here's the most insane thing. The middle of the earth is super hot metal, 10,000 Fahrenheit iron, but the pressure, the gravitational pressure from the sun and from the pressure of all the weight of the earth, all the other shit combined in the universe, most scientists believe, and they're just guessing there's no way we've only been seven or eight miles not even eight miles so they're guessing they think it's one solid giant ball of 10,000 fahrenheit degree iron like some people think it's one giant iron crystal some people think but it's it's supposedly solid even though it's 10,000 degree fahrenheit because of the freaking pressure it's under so that now you're starting to get insane. The, the outer core is iron and nickel with gold, platinum, and uranium. On Earth, those are solid. In the outer core, they are a hot liquid 7,000 to 9,000 degree Fahrenheit. If you think burning your... Your finger, your hand by accident, was some, or maybe some oil or a kitchen accident, imagine touching some hot liquid iron, nickel, gold, platinum, or uranium at seven to 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's going to take your skin off. That's going to take your finger off. Whatever touches that shit is evaporated. That's the outer core. I wonder if that contributes to climate change. Sort of like, you know, the putting the bed underneath the seeds so they germinate more. I wonder, or does it just come from the sky? You, We're talking about 1,400 miles of hot-ass iron, nickel, gold, platinum, and uranium in liquid format all swimming around there underneath the mantle, which is the volcanoes and the earthquakes. The inner core is 750 miles thick. That's almost all iron. That's almost all solid, even though it's hot as fuck. It, that's that's solid iron. Imagine how hot that would be burning your burning your pinky on that. The iron in the inner core is ten thousand degrees Fahrenheit or more, as hot as the surface of the sun. 
If that's not the most mind-blowing, how many people know that? The inner core, the iron, is solid, but it's 10,000 degree Fahrenheit, hotter than the surface of the fucking sun. So it's under, that, oh, that's the, that, that's the core. That's the thing the, that, that's under intense pressure from the rest of the planet and cannot melt. So that's the middle. It's 10,000 degree Fahrenheit, hotter than the surface of the sun, cannot melt. It is solid. So the gigantic ball of solid metal, burning fucking hot, do you think that impacts climate change? Here's the thing. The climate, we, we have to establish this, Exhibit A. We all agree that climate changes all the time. It does. That is the universal characteristic of every epoch in the history of geology. The climate is constantly changing. There, you know, go, do a go, uh, duck, duck, fuck Google. Do a duck, duck search for snowball earth. And you will see the equator had a band of ice around it. That's right. The equator was freezing cold. Everywhere was covered in a sheet of ice. The entire earth. There's no humans. There's no cars. There's nothing we can do. And when you take into account just the immensity of the universe and what some of these great people, you know, great scientists from Louis Pasteur to freaking Aristotle to I could read science quotes about this all the time. They're using the COVID playbook by saying, oh, unanimous science is settled. You're a climate denier. No, you're perpetuating, you're an idiot because you would have to be, you would have to take the greatest minds in science, combine them. If you did, they, here's what they would say. They're so smart. The smarter you are, the more humbled that you are. At just the immensity of knowledge in the universe from how the human body works, you could spend your entire life researching the human body and still find something new every day. Same with the universe, same with... Guess what? I measured a science... I've invented a scientific instrument measures if the earth is getting hotter or cooler. You ju- we just have to be like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, does it account for the... Uh, giant ball of iron in the middle, the Earth's magnetic field, the tides, the moon, the sun. There is so many. What if an asteroid hit the sun? We don't even know about it. And the sun just cooled for five degrees. The thing, and, and the thing is the suffering too. These, these, these people are trying to take the moral high ground. They're poisoning. That's the whole thing. Right now, the White House, the FBI, and the FAA are well aware that there's a company, you know, that's gotten almost a million dollars in funding from from Silicon Valley venture capital firms to fly balloons with a toxic payload after we just had a train wreck we just had three unidentified flying objects that aside like they're going it, it creates acid rain and by the way once you stop doing this you have to keep doing this once you stop doing this something called terminal shock happens to the climate and so it's like if you stop taking propecia all of a sudden the climate returns to its previous whatever rate of it, it was doing. But one thing, macro view, shout out to my boy, Billy D. We were talking about this in Philly. You just got to uh, uh, look at the, the data set and what they're trying to do. If the earth is 5.8 billion, 6 billion years old, and they're saying, oh, 10 of the uh, 12 hottest, 15 hottest, hottest years on record were all in the you know 21st century, all since 2000. Since since what record keeping existed? So it's been what a hundred years, a hundred twenty five years. If you're talking Phoenix, Arizona, since the nineteen twenties or thirties, how accurate was that record keeping? And then you start looking like 
it's all scam. Look where they've put the the people who are into the weather and meteorology. Liberal, they want to they want to confirm their suspicions that the climate because because that brings greater importance to their career and their profession and media appearances and money and everything else. Climate science didn't even exist until the 1970s. Fossil fuels. If there's going to be a tremendous amount of pain and suffering. And the science isn't settled. Far from it. It is a giant, like COVID, we have the media in our back pocket. So what if the science was 50-50? What if the science was 50-50, but the media all told you it was unanimous, that the other 50% were total crackpots and outcasts in their field, and, and they were lunatics. And oh, by the way, the reason why they're found, they found in... Uh, 2012 that 97% of the journals um, or the research publications in journals were finding out that the climate was changing, which we all agree it always is. Okay, that's not a giant revelation. Anyone who says the whole climate um, change thing is a hoax, they're banned. You cannot have that uh, opinion. If you're on Google or YouTube and you make a video that denies that climate change is happening or refutes it, you can't advertise with them. And so Google, Facebook, they have a, like, no, you you cannot run propaganda or ads that deny that climate change is happening. And here's the deal. We, we aren't denying the climate is changing. If you look at the graph, it always is. Infinitesimal amount, it will go up or down during our lifetimes is so minute and the number of factors involved from the earth's magnetic field to the core of the earth to the oceans to there's a million gazillion trillion factors and one thing that's not going to make one iota of difference is except except for poisoning life here like, it is disrespectful. I mean, these people are atheists. They think everything's a science project. But a lot of these people are missing something from their lives. And, like, the pandemic and climate change, like, oh, my God, they have main character syndrome. They're very narcissistic. I'm living through the worst pandemic ever, and and, and now the climate's going to melt. And they're literally now saying, you know, it was a joke, like, 10 years, AOC, 10 years. Well, AOC's been in office for four freaking years. She just got reelected. So now they're saying it's six years before the the point of no return. Just think about that. The earth is 6 billion years old and they want to take data from a 100 year chunk, 125 year chunk and just make grand pronouncements from that tiny, tiny, minute, microscopic, barely even registers. And they want to make grandiose changes to Everything that we've built our society on, everything that we base our business and the way that we get around, it's going to accelerate this pain. And it's, it's happening right now. Like, this is the time to not only say, hey, I don't agree with this policies, these policies, we have to denounce them as batshit crazy lunatics because that's what it is. I don't care who it is, if you combine Galileo, Copernicus, Einstein, Every single, let's just say the 20 smartest people, if we could somehow do a lab experiment, combine all of their scientific 
intellect. They went up to a mountain and just sat there for 90 days and came back down to the mountain and be like, all right, what should we do about the climate? Like the immensity and the complexity of the universe that the creator has blessed us with is way too immense for us to understand. You can come up with the with the laws of how the planets go in motion or the laws of gravity or the theory of relativity. That doesn't explain why the gravity is different on the moon than here or as you go up the gravity is weird or why gravity exists in the first place why there's a million gazillion different kinds of plants who put them there the one thing for sure that we definitely should not do how about having a debate this should be illegal sky poisoning this should be illegal sky poisoning i mean look at the chemical disaster they just had in norfolk southern then go to teddybroosevelt.substack.com, read the Time Magazine article, the full thing, and you'll see they're cooking up sulfur dioxide like a meth lab in the hotel. I mean, forget about the guests, all the guests who are coming in there afterwards. I mean, that just shows how reckless assholes they are. They're just poisoning the walls of the hotel room. They're wearing masks, coughing, and getting calls from government agencies they fly the first two. When they did it in Mexico, they didn't have any tracking. They have no idea where it went. When did it unleash the chemicals? When did it explode? In the Time Magazine article, it says in the, the third flight that they did, the third balloon, he just let it go. And he's like, they're like, why did you do it? And he goes, because I can. He's like, balloon explodes, bam, chemicals go everywhere, save the world. These guys are just narcissistic assholes flying these things. They literally, the third one, they just loaded it up with the sodium dioxide and have no no instrumentation telling them at what altitude, and they have no idea when or where it's going to blow up. They have no experience in any sort of field, from aeronautics to science to you name it. Look at the, the part three. Luke Eisman founded a shipping container, um, a shipping container village, if you will, just a shitty shipping container village. Look at his room. The neighbors just complained. He, they were using, they said they're using human waste in the compost. I mean, dude, if you're growing vegetables out of your own shit, I mean, that's Luke Osman for you right there. That's either laziness or stupidity or disgusting. And Luke Osman, those are three of the first words that come to mind. Disgusting, lazy. This third balloon flies up over Nevada. Let's just say it blows up over the farms in Nebraska, all over corn at only like uh, 8,000 feet. There's no doubt that stuff causes acid rain. It's supposed to stay in the environment for six months to two years. It, the, the science is so new and there's no way. First of all, it's like the vaccines. There's no way you can know the long-term ramifications of a brand new vaccine when it's brand new. There's a reason why these have 10-year life cycles because you need that much time to see what's going to happen two, five, seven, or 10 years down the road. The climate modification thing that's a whole pandora's box where i think it's Im impossible there's so many factors just what's going on with the sun and the earth's core so what's heating us from above and what's heating us below from below that are way out of our, our control a volcano going off is way out of our control the ash cloud can go around the earth a couple times the pressure wave can go around the earth three times and the temperatures can drop a couple degrees there was another one before crack a toe where it did dro drop like two degrees i'll bring that up in the next show they're already starting this stuff could ca cause acid rain it could pollute the water down below you certainly don't want to be breathing it 
the reason they have these masks, what if some winds go or it goes into a, a field of cattle, you know, and it explodes, much less the balloon. I thought these environmentalists were all like, oh, the birds can get trapped in balloons, down with balloons. And now they're flying these balloons. We had the atmosphere, obviously, with the balloons getting shot down. So the White House knew, the federal government knew, these fucking assholes were flying these balloons. So how many American citizens are aware right now that solar geoengineering is currently happening? You know, fantasy conspiracy theory that Bill Gates wanted to shoot dust clouds up into the sky to reflect the sun's rays. Well, they're doing that right now. And Arati Prokbar is the, she's just the wolf in the hen house, man. I mean, she is even more radical than Eisman and Song are. She's she's basically like, governments are moving too slow. We need to provide private companies and private citizens with the ability to take matters into their own hands, basically, and we want to encourage investment in people to do that. So you go to the Make Sunsets Twitter page, and they were like, hey, if we sold balloons straight to the public so you could con- do your own solar geo engineering how many would want them i've on my twitter i think they restored the whole timeline at underscore teddy roosevelt and you could do a search I don't, a lot of people don't even know about just twitter's advanced search like you could search all of my tweets for a specific topic if you do that for forest fire or arson you'll see almost a, a lot of those california wildfires were committed by environmentalists whack job environmentalists who were community college professors, master's degree student in like tree hugging. They lit the fucking forest on fire. Why? They would kill a million trees or a million acres of trees in order to accelerate like, we must take drastic change. Like they'd kill a million now to save 10 million or 20 million or 50 million in the future. That's their mantra. The same with people like blowing up electric substations in Oregon. There was a lot of that accelerating it. In the post-George Floyd thing, they they were catching people who were trying to start fires just to cause chaos there's assholes who exist in this earth uh, you know on this earth so you know not out of the question that you're going to see hundreds if not thousands of greta thunbergs could be it could be an element of a psyop here it could be so china flies the spy balloon across they could have shot it down over the air and made it a hell of a lot easier the other three they go we're not even sure what they are maybe research or whatever they find out these three guys want to fly balloons don't you think they'd say, hey, cool it with the fucking balloons? Hey, okay, why did Mexico kick them out two months ago in December? Because there was such outrage from the citizens when they found out, like, these guys are flying balloons with poisonous chemicals over your farm fields, over your fishing streams, over your family's house. They have no instrumentation, no exper- you know, no experience doing anything of this sort in this field. They're just doing it because... They feel like they're saving the planet. Oh, and by the way, they're a fucking money laundering operation too. That's where you see it's the biggest scam ever. You know, there's the there's the money factor where you have fossil fuels, oil, gas, and coal. Those have been the primary contributors to the Republican political candidates over the past 50, 100 years. The emergence of green energy and punishing the fossil fuels gives the Democrats a chance to provide all kinds of subsidies, kickbacks, you name it, to accelerate their buddy's ability to start the biggest, you know, money making. Just look at the biggest companies on earth, Shell, Exxon, you know, look look at the biggest Middle East com- countries. Qatar, who just hosted the World Cup, is the perfect example. I mean, they were an oyster fishing 
That their their primary thing was no what or oyster pearling was diving into the ocean to get pearls out of oysters. That was their primary industry. Eighty years ago. And then they found oil and it totally transformed their lives. Why? Because of work equals energy is required to do work and work creates wealth. You know, however you would look at it, even if we didn't have money, like work creates shelter and you can plant food and go fishing and catch food and all the things you need to survive. Take energy. Oil allows you to do the work of a hundred men with a machine with one, you know, a couple drops. There is nothing. That's why these people are morally bankrupt and despicable. You cannot plunge our whole society and put literally billions of people in jeopardy of not having anything to replace that. Where's the sense of urgency? There's still a hundred years, 200 years, Germany and France of fracking of oil. What's more important? They're telling us with Ukraine and Russia that they can't be relying on Russian gas. Start fracking, son. Start fracking, Macron. Get your frack on. I mean, you guys got all that stuff. Why? Why are you? Why are we taking the brunt of all this bullshit? Just, just with COVID alone, just with this decade, they should be like, "Hey, we're cooling off, punishing us for no, you know, for these imaginary reasons." And that's what the climate hoax is. It is imaginary. Here's the perfect example: Make Sunsets is selling cooling credits on their website. So for ten dollars, low, low price of ten or fifteen bucks. I think it's fifty four for sixty. You, too, can buy a gram of sulfur dioxide to go up into their balloon, and it, they claim shooting one gram of that into the air, what it saves like something ridiculous, like a 1,000 tons of carbon emissions in one year. One gram. And you're asking, how one gram? Dude, that's the crazy thing about these. When you shoot chemicals up into the sky, into the atmosphere to modify the weather, those chemicals stay up there for years at a time. I cannot stress enough. You got to go back and listen to episode number 14 and number 15 from July with special guest Blue Canaries, who is a brand new substacker as of February 2022. Researcher extraordinaire. I highly and a special friend. I think she's tied for the most appearances with Brad Swale, a legendary host of the Austin City Councilman podcast here in Texas. But bluecanaries.substack.com. So episode 14 and 15 will tell you all you need to know. And just search my substack for that or geoengineering. And I got to hand it to Blue. I didn't even know what it was. She was like, no, you got to research it. You got to research it. She pointed me in the right direction, sent me a couple links. Geoengineering watch. If you search DuckDuck for that, not the prettiest site you've ever seen. In fact, it is tough to navigate. You know, it's it's like a three-man operation or they're, they're running it, but the guy knows his stuff. The geoengineering stuff is happening right now at ski resorts. It's happening in France over, you know, they shoot chemicals into the clouds to prevent hailstorms from ruining their crops. So they're used at, for agricultural reasons, for tourism. China, during the Olympics, you know, they seeded the clouds so it wouldn't rain on the opening and closing ceremonies. And now they're doing it to create... You can just read there's been huge disasters. Like, at one point, China didn't have any snow forever. Or they needed, you know, they needed it to melt to fill the dams. And they shot up the clouds and they got like, you know, eight feet of snow in three days or something crazy. And all the main highways literally were impassable. Um, need to come up with some new beats. It's about time for some new Teddy Beats. Um, episode 47. It is Friday, February 24th. I hope everyone's doing fantastic. We got daylight savings time coming up pretty close, folks. I think it's two weeks from Sunday. 
Yes, two weeks from Sunday. Dumbest idea ever. Just to recap, today's show, today you learned that the deepest hole ever dug in the history of the world was 7.6 miles and took three decades. And it's still the deepest hole, nine inches diameter, and we can't get any further. Today you learned that the core of the Earth is a solid ball of 10,000 degree Fahrenheit iron. Uh, that's just a giant magnet, and it will never be liquid because the pressure is too much. I mean, if that's not mind-blowing... Oh, did I tell you the sun is the perfect distance away from the Earth just to, to keep us all... At the perfect temperatures, the seasons, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful setup. Um, it's interesting, you know, they said we got to the moon, what, 1968, but we couldn't, humans couldn't even figure out the challenge of super cold weather and super high altitude to climb Mount Everest, 29,000 feet until 1953. So we're acting, how narcissistic and just stupid and foolish to act like we even know what the hell's going on with the climate when our little meager brains, um, we couldn't even figure out how to get to the top of Mount Everest until 1953, 30,000 feet. Only three people have been to the deepest part of the, of the ocean, 35,000 feet. I mean, just think about that. The, the mountain's 30,000 feet above the lowest point is 35,000 feet below. And we, you know, the pressure is so great and the altitude that, I mean, three people have gotten to that. And I, the first two, I highly doubt. I think they're just, it was Cold War shit. And they were just trying to say, hey, the United States technology, five inch thick metal, you know, with like 10 NFL linebackers all on each other's shoulders, standing on your fingernail. That's the pressure and we got it. But the, the, the volcano, read about the biggest volcano eruptions in history. The, the one, I don't know, Pompeii, it might have been Pompeii. I'm going to do another episode on the climate, especially on the climate. Uh, we got to re recap some of this stuff, but there are some urgent questions from the beginning. Um, today, you also learned about the 200 megatons of TNT. That's the explosion that happened when Krakatoa exploded 13,000 times the Hiroshima nuclear bomb. 3,000 miles away was how loud that was. Pressure wave three and a half times it went around the earth. Three and a half times it went around the earth. Emily Coors, how about the, the, the four woman in the Georgia grand jury inquiry? What a piece of work. And the funniest thing, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, man, she looks like a witch. She, she just looks like an evil witch. Or she'd be accusing you of witchcraft in Salem, Massachusetts and putting you to, you know, drowning you to death. But she, she, I was like, dude, someone should put a thing. I see on the memes, someone put a witch hat and then her pinterest is all like, what crystals to put in your bed, witch, wicca stuff, witchcraft stuff. Oh, she's a total witch. She's an idiot. Like she literally, it's her dream thing. She's just a Trump hating, self hating, which that that's her dream thing is to be on TV and to be like having the world. She's under the impression the entire world hates Trump, loves her because she's on the inside and could somehow be the forewoman. But she was like eating ice cream um, that the that the district attorney, she said she swore in one witness while holding a Ninja Turtle ice pop she received at the DA's office ice cream party. Why the hell are the grand jurors attending an ice cream party with the DA? Imagine facing your jury. I mean, that is like the final frontier tiers of courtroom where the last thing you want is, you know, let's say you're in a divorce trial and the grand jury woman is like your ex-wife's sister 
or something, like, do you think she's going to rule in favor of you or your wife? Like, you want to talk about a biased, corrupt system. That's what Trump faces every single day. Um, every, every single day. And, and to have this, hopefully they throw it all out. I mean, there's no way they can call this a, you know, a jury's supposed to be an independent body. She said another member of the grand jury, Emily Kors, said, brought a um, newspaper into the room and pointed out stories about the investigation. But she goes, I I actually avoided the news coverage to maintain an open mind. Yeah, she had a total freaking open mind, didn't she? You could tell <laughs> during her little media tour where even and- Anderson Cooper shook his head from side to side and said, this, this bitch is at, you know, left-wing nut job, straight out of central casting. That's why people are saying, you want to move. They're calling, you know, Civil War balkanization of America. Like, I- I'm worried here in Austin. I could do a freaking eight-part podcast on what's going on in Austin clown world from the 10.5 million trees. That's right. 10.5 million trees died during the ice storm. Austin just got totally taken over. It was a national story with the street sidecar sideshow takeovers from like nine at night till two in the morning in four major intersections, including the iconic Barton Springs Road and South Lamar intersection. So the last thing you want to do is if you're Teddy Roosevelt, let's say someone, um, I don't know, there's Castle Doctrine in Texas. But if I defended myself and I went to the DA, I mean, they're not prosecuting criminals, but they are prosecuting cops. If you're a white Christian man, Jose Garza, Soros-backed DA, he's going to throw the book at you a lot harder. Um, and, and if you were just a person of color, you've been oppressed and you get out, you know, and to do whatever you want to do. And you just see the number of thefts and murders. It's scary. Just the sheer amount of police sirens on, around. And I live near Apple, Dell. During the day, it's tech campuses, but a lot of them are working from home. The parking lots are still totally barren. I'd say that parking lots are 8% full at the most at, at a lot of these places. They're still working from home. It's just sort of ghost towny tech company corporate during the day. And then at night, you can hear the police sirens from the surrounding neighborhoods. It's not cool to not want to go out at night. Anyways, there is a million gazillion things that I didn't get to. So awesome. We're going to wrap it up. Episode 47. You can listen to this and every podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and Apple Podcast. I hyped the domain in the beginning of the show three times in the first 10 minutes. So if you didn't get it, rewind it. And now I'll just say it one more time. TeddyBroosevelt.substack.com. Still in limbo about Twitter, folks. You can see all my old tweets at underscore Teddy Roosevelt. There's a huge, uh, you can search by videos. There's a bunch of cool videos on there. Um, And I encourage you to read the archives, especially the geoengineering archives. But the archives keep getting better and better because I predicted a lot of the stuff that was right. We didn't even get into COVID today. That might have been, I might have touched on it. That might have been the first COVID-free podcast in quite some time. So February 24th. Y'all have a great weekend. Take care. Bye.